This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, new assistant boss should be tailor-made for D. And Newman's new contract at United is a big opportunity. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie and podcasting alongside me today are George, soon to be on holiday, Cran. Hello. Graham, always on holiday. <laughs> Finnan. Hello, no, that's, that's, my, that's my label. That's Sorry. your line. Hello, everyone. And, and this week, Alan Temple couldn't make it this week because instead we've got... What, what is he? George, you know, you know his title, this new guest we've got, the sport, the football yeah. writer of the year. Yeah, award-winning journalist, Alan Temple, I think it is. It's I actually, think that's his new name. It is Alan yeah. Temple. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, well done, Alan. Well done. <laughs> yeah, well done. Alan, have you got a trophy? I, I do, but I, I, I neglected to bring it into the office. I, it's, in the, it's in the boot. You should so. have brought it away. We never see trophies. I was going to say, <laughs> <never> <laughs> see trophies here. Here and I, best part of 40 years in journalism, we've never seen an award. <laughs> I'm this was, our, this was yeah. our chance, and you've denied us. Yeah, I, th- I thought it might freak out a Dundee fan, so it's uh, <laughs> the, the oh, sight of one. Sh- is it shiny? We don't like shiny things. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, very well done. I believe it wasn't for your United stuff that was for Raith Rovers. Uh, yes, indeed. So, uh, no, Not that's... that your United stuff won't win next year's. <laughs> yeah, can you tell how incredibly uncomfortable I am about it? <laughs> 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 Let's just talk about the anyway, football, but thank you. In this special edition of Twa Teams One Street, we're just going to speak about Alan Tawak, <laughs> hey. because he doesn't want Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> since he doesn't want to, we'll move on. Although... Maybe we should start off. We just mentioned it off air, talking of awards. Well, lengthen the street a bit and add a team, but hey, well done to Davy Moyes last night for joining a very elite band of Scotsmen to manage te- teams who've won in Europe. Delighted for him because he seems an all round nice guy. And before we got on with the local stuff, can anyone name all the other ma- Scottish managers? Which is remarkably. Our teams might not do well, but in terms of number of managers of one trophy, Scotland's in the top ten in Europe. Yeah, got got European trophies. European trophies. S- yeah. Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah, you got Fergie. You got Sir Mark Busby. Chuck Steen. Yeah. Steen. Yeah. <laughs> George Graham. Oh, no, Cup Winners' Cup. No. Oh, now did he? I don't know. I didn't see I don't him know. mentioned <laughs> in the list. I think they won the did Cup. Did he miss out? On I think he did. Or was it maybe somebody else? Is that somebody else? Is that Bruce Rio? Maybe. He, was, he wasn't very good. Been Bruce are we are we doing a quiz here that nobody's actually got an answer for? Tell me you've got I've a list be, I've somewhere. I've got a list. The list, right, okay. the list that I saw chronologically was Jock Steen, Sir Mark Busby. Then the one that I'd oh, forgotten. Shankly. Because you always remember the game, but you don't remember the manager. Willie Waddle. Um, ah, right, yeah. Then, yeah. then Bill Shankly. Then, then Sir Alec Ferguson was how it was... It was listed, but it must have been Bruce Rio. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And um, David, to bring it back onto the street, David Moyes assisted by Billy McKinley. So, yes, I saw. Um, I saw so very uh, much congratulations to him for Badger seems to be the man in the stand now. Mm. He has, um, what's his name, Mark Warburton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the yeah. player, is it Kevin Nolan? Mm-hmm. They, they seem to sit, but he's, he, Billy McKinley, of them all, Billy McKinley's got a long long relationship with Davy uh-huh. Moyes. Yeah, no, it's, it's great for Davy Moyes. I mean, he thoroughly deserves, you know, that 
sort of accolade, you know, in his career because he's been a top top manager for so long. I think he got a, a raw deal. The move to Manchester and it was almost an impossible one trying to follow yeah. Sir Alex, but he's proved himself to be a top top manager for so many years. So yeah, great stuff. I'm really delighted for him. And as I say, actually, I was having a conversation about him just a couple of weeks ago with an ex-colleague of ours, Liam Kennedy, who, without boring everybody with the details, because we, most of us know them, when he went back home to his beloved northeast of England, had a bit of bother with Sunderland fans, being a Newcastle man himself, when Davy Moyes was yeah, the manager. I remember that, yeah. And not only at the time did Davy Moyes take him aside and say, this doesn't affect your relationship with me. It's a historical thing about this area. I'm, uh, I've got no problem with you. Uh, I was speaking to Liam a couple of weeks ago, and he said earlier this season he was back covering a Newcastle match because it's safer. And I think it was. I think they beat West Ham five one. I remember that. Yeah. And Davy Moyes came in, obviously not in a good mood with the way the season was going, and with that day's result. Came into the after-match press conference, saw Liam, stopped and said, everything okay? You doing okay? Everything fine? Before carrying on. Says a lot yeah, about the man's well, you, you guys all know that's, the that's man's a character. kind of top, top man, yeah. as we always imagine. And those it? circumstances yeah. to think of someone else and make yeah. sure they're okay. Uh, speak. So, like you say, we're all delighted for him. And I've, I've looked it up, by the way. George Graham. It was George Graham. That's yeah. ter- I mean, I have to say, yeah. for once I did my research, I shouldn't have used a different search engine. That, that's a, that's you a should have said somebody else did your research for you, Tom. You know? <laughs> I'll get that research up no, there. That, that's, when I, that's when I was paid to do my own research. I never did it very, you know that. Uh-huh. Anyway, moving on. And talking of management teams, mm-hmm. George, the management team at Dundee seems to be complete. Yeah, it's coming together. That's um, like a professional link. That's a nice segue. Um, was up at Gardine yesterday to, to speak to Tony Doherty and he was talking about his new assistant manager, Stuart Taylor, um, most recently known as Hamilton Aki's boss, but his previous experience uh, makes him look like a very good fit, I, I would yeah. say. He's been a, where have you been, George? What's he where have you been he been? was Paul Lambert's assistant down uh, at yeah. Ipswich for a few years at Stoke before that. They worked together at Wolves. Uh, he'd been in the Academy at Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. I think he was Billy Reid's assistant at Hamilton when they uh-huh. went up. Um, and he's been a manager on his own right, obviously, at Hamilton. Uh, he, he took Limerick for a year in Ireland as well. So there's. You obviously did your research on. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? I did, I did my research on him. That's <laughs> because well, the listeners aren't the secret. I've hurt my knee, so I'm sitting, sitting bored in the house last night. <laughs> Before the West Ham match came on, so I looked. I looked him up. He's he, he played up here a long time, yeah. Aye, I, but I must have. And I, I, I did Google Images. I'm getting right down with the kids on the computer. I sort of <laughs> recognised his face, but he, he escaped me as a player. Yeah, yeah no, I. I he does have a very impressive CV. He had a short spell at St Johnston, but he was mainly at Adrian Smyrn, I think, generally lower league, but. Yeah, his uh, yeah his CV looks looks pretty good, and obviously Tony Docky has been a, num- a very good number two for a long, long time, so he knows exactly what he, he needs in that that role. And it, he was speaking yesterday, and he said he, he knows what he needs in terms of personality and, and ability as a, as a coach to, to kind of work with him with what he's got. Um, so he, he's really pleased with that. It says he spoke to a lot of people and, and took his time to to get the right man he feels like he has done. Um, they've also 
brought in a new sports scientist and from Arbroath. And science and Arbroath yeah. will be getting electricity down there next. Yeah, it's um, so his first name has escaped me, but Kevin yes. Kielty is his surname. I, I met him on the way in at one hell of a handshake on the man. <laughs> <laughs> Broken uh, fingers. Yeah, uh, but the, the big news yesterday was obviously Scott Tiffany coming in, which is a, an, an excellent signing, I would think. But we're not ready to speak about that. Well, we've got, I didn't think folk of that. Have you got I somewhere to go? I didn't think of people that fussed about a sports scientist and a physio coming in. But, but an assistant manager. I mean, Bear, I don't, yeah. I don't want to be disparaging about previous appointments or, or some good people and talented people, but it's almost like Dundee are doing something fresh and new in terms of, you know, a management team that you're like, well, this looks like a, you know... One for the now, but yeah. also it's like a bit like when Tony Doherty and Derek McInnes teamed up with St Johnson mm-hmm. fifteen years or so ago. You, you're looking. This is a this is exciting. This is a kind of management team you'd like to see. Yeah, it certainly seems to be a nice fit. I mean, I never realised Stuart Taylor. I'm, 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 I'm glad. I'm glad that George did the, the research because he had got quite an impressive CV behind him in mm. terms of what he's done in, in his football career, but also more so in the coaching inside of things, yeah. you know, and I think that's, hopefully that benefits Dundee. I wasn't sure if uh, Tony Dock was going to bring in maybe a, a, a player assistant manager. Mm-hmm. That, that seemed to be mooted in some circles, and I'm glad he hasn't, because I think it needs two men off the pitch looking yeah. on the pitch to see what's going on and how they can improve the side, rather than one man actually being on the pitch at the same time trying to figure things out. So... It's important, Tom, that you've got a good mix. I mean, I, I don't know I don't know much about the relationship between Tony and, and, and Stuart. They're obviously aware of one another. I mean, I take yeah, going was, back. I mean, was that from St Johnston? You mentioned the St Johnston yeah. stand. Yeah. Would they, would they, would no, I don't, think they, no. I don't think they crossed over, but um, Tony, oh, Tony Tucker seems to know everybody. So yeah. He yeah. does know he would him. Have done that, of course. I thought he was at the SFA a long time before yeah. he got in. Uh, he does know him. You know, yeah. club management. Yeah. So. And you want you want someone as I mean you don't want someone in your same in, in your, your same image you know you want somebody who's, yeah, exactly. who's going to look at things slightly differently who's going to offer different approach mm-hmm. to things um, who's going to offer different things on the training ground who maybe I, I mean I don't know about the two of them. I, I, you know it's always you always as a management team you're looking for a good cop bad cop <laughs> yeah. as sometimes maybe not quite as, as stark as that but you mm-hmm. do need somebody. You know, one that's going to put their arm around the players and, and maybe a, another one who's going to get the best out of them by sort of badgering them into doing certain things, you know, um, and, and drilling stuff into them. So, yeah, see, it all seems, it all seems pretty good. You know, the way things have, have gone this week at Dens and it's very important that he's now got his own man on board um, and, and the two of them can now work. Um, I mean, I'm sure Tony's got a list of players he's, he's wanting to get signed up and... Mm. And maybe Stuart will have a few things up his sleeve that, you know, if, as you say, if he's worked down south and, and the contacts he's got down there, that might be beneficial for Dundee as well going forward. And um, the fact that a management team now in place, Alan's important, isn't it? Because there's very, very few guys do it on their own. Again, we were saying, coming up in the lift there about Davy Moyes has got several, including ex-United man Billy McKinley, who he, he's a, a long working relationship with. Now, this is a new team, but let's see, very few managers really work on their own now, do they? No, it's important, and also it's important to have got it done fast. That's yeah. the key thing, and that's mm. what's really positive about Dundee's business 
in general is, you know, we've kind of, um, we're sitting here a couple of weeks ago when Gary Boyer left and we're thinking, I've got to get a manager in fast, I've got to do this fast, yeah, I've got yeah. to do that fast. And it's really accelerated this week. It's really positive. Tell me that I'm not. I know. <laughs> I think uh, George was planning on getting off on his holidays a bit earlier than he actually is. So that's what a trooper he is. But yes, George gets a wee award, George could have been on holiday. <laughs> Ab- absolutely. So um, the fact that they've got their management team in place and have got a couple of really good signings in place and also pretty much got everyone I think they would want tied up tied up I mean I know, about, yeah. I know Sweeney went um, and there's obviously a couple more that are still um, uh, in limbo if you like but it's it's a squad that's taking shape and it's leadership is taking shape and I think at this stage of pre-season um, particularly when you look at the the stasis across the road I, I think Dundee fans can be really really happy mm-hmm. I've also neglected to put on these notes but they've got a head of recruitment as well to come in obviously yeah. Karen Karyogofi left mm-hmm. a few weeks ago um, he's currently working with another club so they can't announce exactly who he is but it's, it's, the deal is done he's, he's somebody who's based down south um, do you know who it is George? I don't know who it is you do you're I just not telling us uh, but they see buy a paper if you want to find it. <laughs> but they see that as a a key market going forward, mm-hmm. looking down south, because obviously Tony Tony yeah, has his contracts up here. Yeah. So, um, so that's interesting. One keep an eye on it and find out who that actually is. Uh, but it's good that they've got that in place as well. It's um, the first thing that Tony Docherty actually said yesterday was he wanted certain um, things in place by the time he spoke to us like between being unveiled and and this kind of secondary uh sit down with with the media and and he, he feels like he's done that he's got his his first couple of signings in the door and he's very pleased with them and obviously getting his background stuff so it does feel like it's really taking shape and yeah there's there's more to come on the the contract front and and things like that so it'd be busy for whoever's covering for me in the next next <laughs> weeks anyway well no be me <laughs> But as I mean, again, in fairness to Dundee, in the past when there's been a change of regime in the manager's office, we've been critical about the time they've taken and it looked a wee bit slow to start. But as Alan says, they're doing doing their business in the right way so far, aren't they? Yeah, well, I think that's the benefit of being promoted to the the Premier League time. We can now go and do that and move quickly on players, the, the, the position they're in. But... It is good to get your business done early because there is going to be quite a number of new players coming in, so they're going to have to get them better in pretty quickly. And, you know, as, as we saw last season with Gary Boyer, it did take a wee bit of time for that team. You, you mm. knew there was a squad there, a decent squad, a big squad. You knew that there mm-hmm. was a squad capable of winning that championship, but it wasn't until pushing on towards November that yeah. I think Gary Boyer actually found out, you know, what his best eleven were mm. and, and who he could trust to go and get points on a regular basis and you really don't Dundee can't really afford that in the Premier League because you know um, it won't be sort of titles and promotion that they're, they're looking at they'll be staring down the bar or dropping back down into the Championship so they need to go off to a decent start they don't have to go off to you know talking about winning the first six games but you want to start as always picking up points on a regular basis and showing that you have a squad there that is capable of competing at that level and, uh, you know, I always look at the teams that Dundee are going to be competing with, the teams that finished in the bottom six. And, uh, you know, they're all teams that, uh, I certainly look at Livingston, maybe not so much this season, but they've always been a team who have done their business early because they can't get into 
a bidding war for yeah. players as a transfer window begins yeah. to close. And that's, that's the situation Dundee don't want to find themselves in where you suddenly find you're needing a couple of players, but you're also competing against other clubs and, and, and you know, the, the, the agents start ratcheting up the fees for, for guys that you may want and pricing you out and you may not end up not having to, not getting them. So, no, it's a good start for Dundee and they're moving along nicely and hopefully over the next couple of weeks we'll see a few more uh, old faces signing, but also a few more new faces coming in as well. I just on that point, and maybe to to disagree with you, with Dundee's situation this summer, ever so slightly. If you look at the two new signings, mm-hmm. as in entirely new to the club, Joe Shognessy, as I think mm-hmm. he likes to be known, uh, and Scott Tiffany. Once Shognessy is a Premier League player, and maybe a team that Dundee will be competing against, although St Mirren could have another great season next year, but financially they've been able to drag him away and Scott Tiffany from Partick Thistle who George has already mentioned the kind of season he's had there would be a few a few clubs Mm -hmm. looking at him because he's out of contract well we spoke last week about sort of you know the the budget that that Tony Dock would be We'd, we'd have to spend and, and, and about the Americans and how they, they weren't going to throw money at it. Well, I would suggest those two signings, they're yeah. throwing decent money yeah. at it to get aye, aye. these guys in. So, yeah, that, I mean, and there's obviously, I think Tony Docks, he's got a good hand in as much as there is a lot of players off that wage bill this summer. Um, and, you know, he's not lumbered with, with, with players on contracts for next season. So there is money to spend. But, yeah, I think as as always expected it to be, it will be a competitive budget. A budget that should be able to keep Dundee in that division. Maybe it was was the giveaway the fact that they appointed Tony Doherty. It was going to take something for me. We said last week the most established, probably number two in the country. So it was going to take something that he felt was worthwhile and workable to lure him into a number one job. So it's maybe not surprising that they've they've made a couple of signings that don't. That, I'm not pretending it's messy in yeah. Miami, but they're no cheap signings, are they? No, I, I think, um, yeah, I th- it would have to be a decent package. I think he'd have been quite comfortable being a, being a number two at Derek McInnes and come on, it looked like they're, they're moving on again uh, for next season. They've made some decent moves already. Um, so you'd expect that probably be a quite interesting job for a number two, but he obviously just seems really excited to be in charge at Dundee and to be at Dundee, which tells you that he's getting backed. Um, I think that's a factor in why stuff is happening so quickly that it's just been non-stop uh, since he started and he's just really excited to get things together and get going. I, I think he's already counting down the, the days till pre-season starts. Um, and I've, I've been speaking to folk up at the club and... Uh, He's opening up the tra- the training ground at six thirty in the morning and getting the keys off people, and he's leaving. He's generally the last one to leave already. Um, so that there's, I think there's a ton of work getting done by him. But he's probably still getting up an hour an hour later in the morning because all his <laughs> yeah. other jobs are about a hundred miles away exactly. from his house. <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, I think um, it's been a really good start. Uh, I have to say for for a new manager and. Hope it keeps going. There's um, plenty of good news still to come. I, I think, from a Dundee point of view, obviously we're going to see so many signings over the next few weeks and, and a couple of months. Because, well, I think 
I'm not even. I think they. Can, I think they can just about field an eleven now. <laughs> Might be two goalkeepers in that eleven, Aye. but um, they're just about there. Um, and preseason starts in the twenty first. So what's that? Two weeks. Well done, John. Be busy. Arithmetic there. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, I suppose in a way, uh, Shaughnessy arriving balances out Ryan Sweeney. Mm-hmm. Turning down a contract and going, but you would have, you would have said they needed a a, a mm. centre half anyway for competition purposes at the very least. So there might be another one on his way. Tiffany signing to his pro is one of those shock to say the way football works could be the more important signing. Is Tiffany not an exciting one, guys? Just because yeah. we all like attacking players and you think, oh, they're going to have a go. I think he'll be hungry as well. To, yeah. He's, you know, he has been a promising prospect in his career. He's been tipped for certain things, but you know, he's still a relatively young man. But time is getting away from him. Time is time is yeah. ticking along in his career, and he will now feel like it's time for him to prove <laughs> that he belongs in the top flight. So I think you'll get a a determined, focused Scott Tiffany and. He will be mercurial because he's a winger and it's a, a tough life being a winger. You know, you'll have good days and bad days. But I think you're getting a Scott Tiffany at a really good time, really confident. And you'd be looking at that Thistle team and uh, he's not the only one you would be looking at. I <coughs> yeah. think if, you know, teams should be, and I, I'm quite sure they are, having a, a close look at someone like Kyle Turner as well. And Aidan Fitzpatrick had a great season as well. So you're all these boys are absolutely flying, albeit a pretty heartbreaking yeah. final outing but I think he is the one that will excite fans but I do actually agree with what you were hinting I think uh, Shaughnessy will be the I think will be the more important yeah, signing so, a solid proven central defender at, in the Premier League is what you want mm-hmm. in your first season back isn't it yeah and that's exactly what it is he's, he's a Premier League standard defender Tom and, and the more Premier League standard players that Dundee can get into that squad the better opportunity they're going to have is staying in that league. Um, I liked Scott Tiffany. I thought he had a fantastic season at Partick Thistle. So one of my one of my friends sent me when he signed sent me a, a, a message saying it's an upgrade on Paul McMullen. I think that's a wee bit unfair on on Paul McMullen. But I think I Scott like Tiffany has has the capacity to be an upgrade on Paul McMullen. Yeah, he's, he's now yeah. been given a stage in the Premier League to go and perform at a very very high level. One one thing that does concern me, he is is a slight a slight player, but you know that that shouldn't affect Dundee, you know. But always you've got Luke McKeown on the other side, who's mm-hmm. quite quite slight himself. Um, obviously, you balance it up with Shaughnessy, but I think Dundee in the forward line, obviously the next few weeks will be interesting. But I think they're going to, need to beef that forward line. Up. Yeah. We need players, but we need we need physically strong players that can carry the weight, so that guys like Tiffany and guys like McKeown can can do their stuff, and you know. Um, and certainly Dundee, for all we're saying, we're, we're hoping to have a good season. You know, realistically, they will be on the back foot for quite a lot of yeah. the games, which means they're going to be defending mm-hmm. for a lot of these games, which means they are going to be fine. You're going to have a lot of players back inside at set pieces and things like that. So you need to have a bit of weight defensively right across the team. Guys who can defend, you know, front men as well properly. And, you know, we've seen that in the past. Dundee teams have just been a wee bit lightweight for that top division. So we to see Toronto and Doherty now looks to um, in the forward areas. And so far, are the ones who've who were out of contract and have re-signed 
they've pretty much yeah. fixed up everybody that you so there's still more to come but everyone that's re-signed you'd want them re-signed wouldn't you yeah definitely josh mulligan's the big one that's, um, a, that's almost like a it's the bizarre world of modern football it's almost like a coup isn't it because mm. we, we thought he was gone we yeah. thought he'd be at hearts or down yeah. south the length of time the, the longer it went on the kind of more kind of concerned you, you get that he might be disappearing um my understanding is he, he was very close to leaving in january when uh forest green were keen on him um but that didn't happen which tells you clubs were looking and were interested but he chose dundee it's obviously his club he's been here his whole life and he, he chose dundee in the premiership as a place best to suit his uh, progression as a footballer and I think that's fantastic news for, for the club it, it's kind of validation for the work they do behind the scenes with their young, young players that it's a place kind of worth sticking around in and he's only going to get better as well with games in the top flight he made a bit of an impact when he came back off loan uh, in the relegation season he scored a couple of goals at the end of the season did really well did well really well across the season last season it what I'm interested in to see is where Tony Doherty sees him on the pitch because he's played mm-hmm. kind of attacking midfield, centre midfield. He finished the season last last season at right back and did really well. Um, so I'm interested to see what I, I like him as a attacking fullback. Um, I thought the goals, the goals dried up though, George, I thought, from, from right back, which is understandable because you're playing a bit further back. Yeah. But there is opportunity to get forward. Um, but it'd be inter- just interesting to see what Tony Doherty sees in him yeah. and where he sees him best fit. Well, the good thing is Dundee now hold all the aces, Tom, with, with, with Doherty, uh, with sort of Josh Mulligan and, and, and Lyle Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. You know, two two year deals. And again, it's credit to the, to the board because I'm, I'm sure that these were decent. It's decent deals that they have been offered, yeah. You know, um, so. but now the ball's back in Dundee's court. The yeah. ball's back in mm. because you could have, I, I would have without doubt almost said that if Dundee had stayed in the championship, those two guys mm-hmm. would have been gone and that would have been heartbreaking to see yeah. two academy. I mean, they would have, they would have been due uh, compensation, obviously, because they've come through the academy, but not the levels of money that might be yeah. on offer if these two continue to develop at the pace they are developing at, you know. Um, so, no, great, great signings for the club. Yeah, and that was <laughs> one thing. Sorry, the speaking to Tony Docky yesterday is another thing he's very, very excited about is working with this young player. He made clear to mention that as well. Well, what I was going to say about the two that Bear mentioned there, Lyle Cameron, he added to Josh Mulligan, their uh, desirability for other clubs must have gone up in the final two games of the season because there was the bad game against Cove when they could have all but clinched promotion and only drew. They were two of the better players that mm-hmm. night. And they both did the business in mm-hmm. the final game against Queen's Park. So it shows that mentally they're strong and can handle important occasions. Yeah. Which takes me nicely on to Luke McCowan. For me, is another one that you would want to re-sign. Particularly if it's the Luke McCowan against Queen's Park. Yeah, he was excellent that night. He's, he, I, well, I said in my piece that night, I think that poss- it was possibly his top performance in a Dundee shirt. And he, he's had qu- he's had a few. He's been inconsistent, I think, is, would be the, the main criticism. But we all know when he's on it, he's a really, really good player. And he's shown it in the Premiership as well. Mm-hmm. Even when Dundee were really struggling, he was the, he was the shining light for, for a, a bit of time, particularly in the first half of that season. Um so and he's he I I put him in the same kind of bracket as 
Mulligan and Cameron. He's a bit older, but he's not that much older. And it, there's a, I'd say there's quite a high ceiling on him as well. Yeah. And then, yeah, Lee Ashcroft, the, the compliment, I'm sure he would want to get steady Eddie. And a Harry Sharp, promising young goalkeeper, signs. I'm going to go. This is all too good. <laughs> what are we going to moan about? Yeah. Um, Who's next of the out of contract main, George? You've well, got you've provided us with a list. Um, they're quite confident on on all of them. I think uh, we didn't go through them name by name, but it's the time of year. I think the the main thing we're waiting on is it's the time of year when people are on holiday, uh -huh. whether it's the players or the other representatives or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it's just the nature of this time of year that sometimes it just takes a so bit also, of time I to get them in the building. I've been very confident. It's always quite good from a PR perspective to, to drip feed them to the fans. Yeah. I mean, you're hoping you're going to get new players in, but you know what, if that deal sort of suddenly falls through you, yeah. it's okay, we've got this guy already to come out this week or two or three players just to keep yeah. keep keep it going yeah. and keep the fans happy with what's going on. Aye. So I, I think there are... I, I don't know, as I said... Individually, but I think there are agreements in place. They just have to actually get the player in the building to sign the bit of paper before it gets announced. Um, whether it's all of them or, or just a few of them, I'm not sure, but we'll find out. In, in I'd be time. interested to find out. You spoke about the young guys who are at the club and Tony Dock is keen to work with them. Guys like sort of mm. who haven't yet signed. You know, I'm talking about uh, Max yeah. Anderson and Finn Roberts. He mentioned them by name. Then, and, so in particular, so... so but it could be the case that they they aren't developing at the same pace as we've seen Lyle Cameron last mm -hmm. season, Josh Mulligan. And maybe the case that the offer that they have been given is isn't quite as good. I wouldn't think it'll be as good as, as the same offers that you've had from from for, for Cameron and Mulligan. That's that's just that's just natural. Can they think or will they think I could maybe get something better elsewhere? Possibly. Yeah. And yeah. Maybe that could be a, a stalling point as well, George. And and the two of them Although it's a different manager, obviously, but they didn't play a huge amount in the second no. half of last season. The Finn, I don't think, played since January. Maybe I think he got an injury and then he, he just didn't. He, he couldn't even get in the squad for yeah. the last couple of games. He has, he has struggled a wee bit with injury. Yeah. And and the same with Max Anderson. He got injured and then couldn't get back in the team. So it's yeah. I mean, they they could think that their development is better getting games elsewhere, but. Is there it's also a, a bit of it that maybe the Ryan Sweeney, the fact that he was offered an improved contract, as Bear says, these 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 guys might say, well, I could get more money elsewhere, but as I say, I get the impression from the Ryan Sweeney situation that the offer from the manager says, I can get as good as you for that money, so I'm not going to offer you more. If you don't want to take that, mm, yeah. I, I understand you'll leave, but I'll get another... I'll get another player for that position for the budget yeah. uh, that I'm working with. Yeah, I mean, there's certain types of players. Well, obviously, when you've got assets like like Mulligan and Cameron, you might be wanting to push a bit higher because you realise you can actually sell you them. Get that but, money back. Well, I mean, Ryan Sweeney, would Dundee really have been expected to, to get a transfer fee no. in for him? And these guys will have a ceiling on what Dundee will want to pay, Tom. You're absolutely right. So then it's up to Tony Dock and... Uh, and Stuart Taylor, you know, to, to use their knowledge of the market in England and think, well, you know what, we can get we can get just as good in and maybe even better and for the money we are offering 
off. And you've got to say, in Sweeney's point of view, I thought Sweeney was a fantastic player for Dundee. I think he did have his limitations. He played. Mm-hmm. He's also played in the Premier League, so it's, it's not really something new for him, Tam. It wasn't, you know, like, this would yeah. be a great opportunity for him. He's yeah. been up there. He's seen it. He's played it all, all, these, all these grounds. But I think that's the case that he is. He has the stature of an English League One, League Two set up. Yeah. Big lad, powerful guy. You know, quite... Uh, you know, a, a regular contributor. He's, you know, he keeps his performance levels quite high. He can go down there, be closer, closer to his family in England, and probably earn a bit more than he would earn at Dens. And the other uh, departure that was announced in the last few days, uh, Alex Jakubiak. We've praised Dundee and for appointing a manager who knows the Scottish game. Is Jakubiak a, a victim of that? Because he had a great second half of the season, but. He's had his fitness problems over the previous, was it 18 months, two years? His first two seasons were constant injuries and they were all different injuries as well. Um, I think I interviewed him maybe two or three times and did the exact same interview saying, I'm back now, I'm ready, (laughs) and then it unfortunately broke down again. But um, it does feel like they got to the bottom of the problem. Um, I think he called them micro tears or something. And the initial first bad injury he got, Obviously, caused some other trouble in his uh, his hamstring or in his his muscles, and, and it was still there. They seemed to fix that, and I think that's why we saw his real ability come to the fore uh, last season. So I'm, I'm really disappointed to see him him go because I've been a big fan of his since he's been at Dens. He's um, kind of fast, exciting, attacking player, and he showed this past season that he could score goals. He got ten goals across the the campaign, despite been out for a fair bit with another injury um does it look like a decision where a manager's let his head rule possibly rather rather than his heart he knows the boy's popular he's a good type and stuff like that but the end if he's going to be injured you yeah you want somebody that's going to be yeah i wonder if he was maybe I, i don't know if he was but i wonder if he was maybe on a decent contract he was brought in as kane hemming's replacement if you remember, um, three years ago. So I wonder whether... George Emden was 16. <laughs> I, 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 I don't remember that far back. Hemmings was obviously the star man and would have been on decent money. I wonder whether Yikubiak uh, was on a good contract and they just thought they could maybe use that money elsewhere if, despite his ability. Um, they just wonder whether... I agree with you, George. I think, it's, I think there, is a, there is a player that could contribute Mm-hmm. But there's also the fear that he, half the season he's not going to be available. So yeah. I think you've got to balance it up. And, yeah. and obviously Tony Docks went, no, but we need to move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I spoke to him this week. He's, he's pretty sanguine about it. He's, he, he wanted to stay. He loved the club. George, oh. what does sanguine mean? Okay. He's not totally annoyed. but He's a bit annoyed at the way it ended. Um just a, yeah. a phone call and not from any of the big hitters. I remember Dundee getting promoted under Paul Hartley the last time and Christian Nari played a key role in that he came in late and yeah. you know they won the league on the Saturday against them but a big party and I think it was a, a, a reception in the city square big on Sunday. after a big game yeah. but I always I remember that game where Nadi really showed yeah. that he'd played at a high, high level because yeah. when others were panicking he was saying Staying cool, yeah. give me the ball yeah. give me the ball yeah. stay calm lads mm. but did, uh, did a great job and then <laughs> in the Monday papers he'd been released <laughs> thanks very much but cheerio Paul Hartley went no you're not my, my striker for the yeah. for the Premier League and that's that's football a footballer's life yeah he, he accepted that I think he just yeah. felt it maybe could yeah. have been done face to face yeah I understand that but, but no 
Shame to see him go because he's, he's generally one of the nicest guys you can and, meet, uh, and he's a very the, good player. The thing is, though, I mean, he has done done well. He's shown he's fit. He'll not be short of offers. No. Yeah, you're pleased for fun. him that yeah. he's leaving. Yeah, he's on leaving a on a high. Exactly. Great stuff, guys. Time to move on. Well, the big United news today is we've got a work experience. We'll have Andrew here. Say hello, Andrew. Shout hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the unit. In terms of news, that's, that's a, the No. That's all over. No, no. But as you predicted last week, and, and understandably, I mean, Alan, United fans will be looking across the road and say, well, they're making lots of signings. But maybe the best thing about United just now is it's a period of calm. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. Um, <laughs> See, that Dundee bit got me optimistic. <laughs> I agree with you, I'm worried. I'm not, there's, I mean, there's not a sense of panic, but it would have, I think it would, it would be, I think, nice, obviously, if things were to tick along. It is a, it's a very complex transfer window for Dundee United, particularly compared to Dundee. I remember when we were discussing uh, a new manager coming into Dundee, we mentioned, you know, there's challenges in terms of there being barely any players contracted, mm. but at the same time, if you're a new manager, you think black, you know, blank slate. You've got um, a squad you're able to completely build in your own image. You've got a budget there that's quite clear and isn't entirely based around who you can get out and yeah. who you can get in. Dundee United are the opposite, and you're seeing the difficulties when you have a squad that has. You know, when you go from, you know, uh, all contracted professionals at every level of the club, the you're looking at about 39, 40, you know, professional um, footballers at that football club. So it's not like they can just go out and sign four or five players. There needs to be, um, there needs to be give and take. And there also needs to be careful consideration when it comes to the manager judging his budget because... Mm they can't afford to make any more mistakes. Yeah. And um, I don't think that his bud uh, Jim's budget is entirely predicated on getting people out, but in terms of what he's got at the moment, um, before anyone's out, it is, it is finite and he needs to be careful and it's not like he can offer bumper contracts. There are a, a lot of people working um, working hard and there'll be a lot of calls being made. I, I doubt mm -hmm. Jim's had a moment's peace because he is effectively United's recruitment team now. Um, he's been given free reign to rebuild this team by by Mark Ogren. So I'm sure he is working incredibly hard, but it is a, it's a complex window. Um, they've been killed by uh, handing out two-year contracts yeah. and um, there are real financial challenges in terms of dropping into the championship, which would be the case for any club that dropped into the championship. So... Um, a degree of patience will, will be required, but I mean, there certainly is a hell of a lot of work going on behind the scenes. And the other aspect is the one thing I've been really impressed with across the road is that they've managed to get a couple of players in that I thought might keep their powder dry for a wee bit longer and play the market and see if they could play a couple of clubs off against each other, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think there'll be an element to that to, to Jim's targets. I particularly look at someone like a Charles Dunn. I don't think it's particularly shocking that Jim would like to be reunited with him, given he, he did so well for him at St Mirren and wanted him at Aberdeen as well. But Charles Dunn will have offers down south that might yeah. be able to offer him slightly longer on slightly more money, things like that. And there will be 
the, the level of player that Dundee United still feel that they can attract will be the type of level of player that will probably have options. And mm. that makes it difficult to get them in um, so early in the transfer window. Um, so, I mean, the moral of the story isn't to, uh, isn't, you know, uh, to panic just yet, but I think every United fan would like to see a little bit of business being done, you know, one way or the other. You know, just a, you know, a response to relegation. I feel, uh, you know, just to create a sort of feeling that mm. the rebuild has started, the response has started, um, because right now it just feels like it's a little bit of stasis from last season, and there's not a lot to for the fans to get excited about. You know. Yeah, like you said, he's, he's fixed up Charles Dunn and he, he has said he's wanting familiar faces, but that doesn't necessarily mean guys who've worked with him. Yeah. Like Tony Doherty, he knows, he knows the Scottish game very well. So if you haven't worked with him, you're more likely to look at your other options, even though it's a, a, an appealing thought to yeah. work with Jim Goodwin and play for Dundee United. It's... It's my understanding that um, it's been made quite clear to agents and, and the likes that are, are pitching clients to Dundee United that Dundee United will be signing largely British and Irish players with experience of, preferably with experience of Scottish football. That doesn't, I think Jim would also like to get people that he knows personally because character is going to be so mm -hmm. important in that division as well as uh, having a degree of quality. But I think that the message is fairly clear. Dundee United want players who know this league, know the division, have fight, stomach, and then that'll hopefully allow, because there's some tidy footballers in that team, that can yeah. hopefully allow the tidy footballers to do their thing because I think it's fanciful to suggest that all those top flight players that Dundee United have got in two-year contracts will suddenly disappear. There'll be some of them next season and it's about integrating the new bodies in with those um players that were there last season that maybe underperformed and, and, and do fancy sticking around for the championship. So um, I, that's the that's the profile of what the, the United squad will be in terms of the personnel. Um, there's a hell of a lot of phone calls being made and a hell of a lot of targets on a very, very long list. Um, but there's nothing nothing quite ready to go for the line just yet. And Bear, is there a fair chance of an inherited an experienced squad? Guys at the club who might move will take time to think about it. They mm. won't, there are guys there that won't act rashly, whereas younger younger players may, might go, oh no, we're relegated, I've, I've got an offer from mm. this club, I'll take it. Three days after relegation, they've, they're gone. Yeah. Older pros know the game, they'll maybe sit tight for a while, which makes Jim Goodwin's job all the harder if they then want to leave. Yeah. I think it was quite telling that, you know, given that, you know, United have been relegated, a lot of the players are still there, Tom. It shows in, in terms of how many clubs out there are wanting a Dungeon United player next yeah. season. How many are knocking at the door saying, we'll sign him, we'll sign him, him. they've had a pure season. It's an unenviable task Jim Goodwin's got to try and change his team because you're absolutely right. A lot of players might take their time before they'll actually move it. They might go well into July, well into August even, mm -hmm. before they're moving. Jim Goodman will not be able to move on, you know, he'll have a, you know, a limit to what he can spend. Obviously, it'd be great to get guys out the door and he might have a bit more money to spend. But th that might not be the case. So as Alan says, you're, you're going to have to work with some of these guys and, and get in who you can. But who do you get in? You've got to bring in guys that 
I actually see going to Dungeon United is a, I think is a step up in their career yeah. as an opportunity in their career. So where are you looking at? Alan's right. It could be the Irish market. It could be the, the championship. Have a look around the championship mm. and see who's mm -hmm. there. I'm sure Jim Goodwin has. There are quite a few good players kicking around in the championship who would go to Dungeon United and could, who would benefit them and could do a job for them. Um, but just how he does that at this point in time is, is really, really tough. And I think it's going to be a hard summer. It's going to be a hard summer yeah. for, for Jim Goodwin and the club and for the fans uh, if they're expecting big changes because that isn't going to happen. But there is there is a bit of quality there. But do these guys still want to be there? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just such a difficult situation that they find themselves in. They need to be a bit of positivity coming out of the club and I'm sure Jim will be aware of that. He is aware of that side of things. Um, so... I wouldn't be surprised to see one or two signings coming in and, you know, just, just to lift the place in general. But in terms of the bigger picture, it's going to be a long summer. Yeah, and I mean, Alan, it's not be, it's not all gloom and doom. It might, it might seem like it to the fans still, but Jack Newman signed a new two-year deal. But, I mean, I'll go back to Shogna say it, it dens. It's a goalkeeper unless you're signing a top international. United have put a lot of work into this lad. He looks to have great promise. He's already an under-21 international. But a goalkeeper re-signing isn't the, isn't the thing that gets the the pulse rate going for the fans, is it? No, of course. Um, Jack did okay last season. Um, he played three games and shipped 10 goals. And so in terms of his numbers, they don't look I fabulous. Well, that was always. That was, <laughs> if I was double, if I, if I needed three games to ship double figures, I was very happy. However, he also made a few good saves. Yeah, and, ah, and yeah. going in particularly up at Ross County, for example, that horrific four 0 defeat up and down wall. I mean, that could have been six or seven if not for Jack. Yeah. So he's a good. He, he strikes me as a decent shot stopper. Um, tall, imposing. Um, comes for crosses, um, you know, quite often from what I've seen, punches them, but that's modern goalkeeping, isn't it? So it's, um, I, I think there's something there, needs to work on his decision-making, but he's he's a goalkeeper in his early 20s. Mm. Decision-making won't be perfect. As that is a position you you learn as you play your games and you and you make your mistakes. So uh, I think he's definitely worth a contract. He, I don't think he should be Dundee United's number one next season. I think that's a hell of a pressured position for him to be in. Um, I, I really, if, again, it's the whole in and out thing. You can't have four goalkeepers on your books. So mm -hmm. at least at least one of the senior goalkeepers that haven't been good enough need to go. Um, I think ideally both would, and you would get an, a senior yeah. goalkeeper in and with Jack Newman as deputy. But if uh, if Jack was to have to, for example, start um, next season as number one, what you do is you look across the road and you take Harry Sharp as inspiration. You know, yeah. nobody expected him to play as often as he did for for Dundee, and he took that opportunity. So there's no reason a young Jack Newman can't do um, exactly the same thing if he's called upon. Because as we say. If, as I would expect they are, Dundee United are looking at for potentially getting uh, freshening up in that goalkeeping position, it could take a while for the requisite wheels that need to turn um, in terms of in and out uh, for that to happen. So maybe Jack Newman will need to play a few games at the start of the season. And um, I think there's 
there's a reason to not be too fearful of that and also to think that it would really benefit him in the long term. And he's, uh, this month, I you know, he's... I was going to say, it's, it's one of these, if, a lot of things have got to fall into place, but if Dundee United have a good season next season and ended up with Jack Newman as their goalkeeper, they might have a goalkeeper for yeah. the next four or five years, eh? Because he gets yeah. a... He, he gets... Maybe to make the odd mistake because they're winning games by a couple of goals and then he's ready for yeah. the Premiership in years Alan, time. Alan said one word, opportunity. And now, if Jack Newman wants to be a, a, a pro-keeper, he should see this as a real opportunity for him to grab the gloves and, and go and... Uh, I know maybe Dungeon United fans won't think that, but he's got to get in there somehow, get a foot in the door. Like you say, we saw Harry Sharp at Dens last season getting a dozen games under his belt. You know, if Jack Newman gets that under his belt next season, he might go on and play the entire season if Dungeon United are going well and suddenly he goes from being, uh, you know, a bit part player at a football club to a proven goalkeeper mm-hmm. at this level. I remember going back to Dundee again um, under under uh, Hartley brings in uh, Scott Bain. Yeah. And unproven at Premier League, but to be fair, Bain had played a lot of games at Alloa. You know, a lot of first-team football at Alloa. Um, came in and you know made that transition very well and, and proved himself to be a top top keeper. So it's got this. It's got to start somewhere. The door might just open for Jack Newman if it does. He's got to take it. Yeah, I mean the, the other one maybe from United's point of view, the ideal thing would be to put him out on loan for the first half of the season, mm. and as you say, get him more games. But did they have the budget to carry that? You know that number of first team goalkeepers uh, anymore? Although they are getting some money in. Because they've secured the largest commercial deal in the club's history with a company whose name I'm not going to try and say. Area. It's, it's a five-letter uh, word. Area. I know, I know, it's amazing. It's maybe just early. You're the one that was out last night, yeah. too, and you can say it. I just, uh, I, it's, it, it's the double R that threw me. Is it air? Yeah. Yeah, you spent, yeah, well, it's Italian. You spend quite a bit of time watching I, football in Italy. I spent quite a bit of time in Italy. Uh, okay. No, but, it's, but this company is not called the Beera. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, this isn't indicative of the kind of commercial and sponsorship challenges that United might have next season because, as you might imagine, this will have been in the works for yeah. months and yeah. months and months. And... Um, w- the company wouldn't have envisaged um, sponsoring a, a championship club, but nevertheless, the deal's done and it runs till 2027, which is good. So you've got that um, locked in. So it's a boost. Um, I mean, it is a fundamentally a drop in the ocean when you consider the what's going to be lost in gate receipts and sponsorship and hospitality and things like that next season. But um, it is useful. And if you are a kind of... Um, kit nerd and that sort of thing which I mean if you, it's not if, called a kit anymore man. it's called a representation <laughs> garment sorry yes if, oh, it, so if, if people are into the representation garments then it is kind of vaguely interesting that that's them also sponsoring Dunfermline so it's a sort of oh, new, okay. I didn't know uh, a, a new face kind of making waves over here in, in area makes some uh, if you're quite like Syria and they make some really nice parma kits so mm. I'm quite looking forward to seeing what the United kit looks like which might sound daft but the, in lieu of signings and things <laughs> like that fans can at least look forward to the new kit which is always something that is kind of it's, yeah, it takes fun. your mind off it doesn't it yeah. it's, but um, aye it's uh, it's positive it's, but in terms of the the, the financial gaps that, that Mark Ogren will be plugging it's um, probably 
um, a, a drop in the ocean. And I think it's only in the next couple of months when they're trying to drum up advertising, sponsorship, hospitality, yeah. and that, so that you'll see the difference in terms of trying to do that as a championship club. But um, the area deal was, was something that was um, sorted last season. Also, we're still waiting to, for front of uh, shirt sponsors. That's something that Mark Ogren said at the supporters meeting, that they were... Um, uh, the thing they would take a podcast. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's worth asking at this stage now that the championship. It might, it might take another relegation for, yeah, for them to drop to that level. Money from this podcast, <laughs> in front of the <laughs> But it's, um, I think uh, Quinbet or, or Quinn Casino, whatever their name is, um, uh, their deals up. So uh, they'll have a new front of, spon- uh, front of shirt sponsored as well. So we're waiting to see what that is. And uh, yeah, listen, you, you, you take money where you can get it yes. and I understand the realities of 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 um you know the the football marketplace but and you wouldn't want to be sanctimonious but it, it would be nice if it was a a sponsor that wasn't necessarily gambling um which seems to be the only place that's that the money comes from um in football now so but that remains to be seen who that'll be mm-hmm. yeah and talking of harsh economic realities somebody's put down here that the parachute payment Will be a maximum of three hundred thousand pounds. I mean, when you think about you think about it down south, teams yeah. teams that are relegated from the Premiership, they're like, it's a consolation. We've got the parachute payment. If United had stayed up and got two derbies at Tannadice next season, uh-huh. they would have double. They would yeah. double that from two games alone, wouldn't it? it shows yeah. the the harsh it's reality. It's, it's, it's a of harsh reality. Football. I mean, Alan might be like talk about this but I think Jim Goodwin's biggest problem is going to be lifting the cloud and negativity that is hanging over Tandice yeah. at this point in time they've got to accept what's happened and move on very quickly and, and, and lift the entire club lift the fan base and I'm sure Jim Goodwin is aware of that and we'll, we'll see something positive but there has to be a realism and and, and accept that they are where they are they won't be getting the players they think they're going to get as mm-hmm. we've spoken about players that that maybe Dungeon United are looking at will have offers elsewhere. And if Jim Goodman wants to get a squad on the park, he may have to, to, to lower his sights. But there are still players out there, and Jim Goodman's a good enough manager to get players in that can do a job for Dungeon United to get them out of that league at the first time of asking. And that's that's the most important thing going forward. But yeah, the, the need to, to lift the doom and gloom that, that's hanging around Tarnice, you know, they've got they've got to move on from that. Those gate receipts that that you're talking about, that is that is fundamentally the killer. I think everyone mm-hmm. it's been well documented that Scottish football is among European leagues one of the most reliant on gate receipts yeah. because of our uh, rubbish TV deal that we've got and things like that. Mm-hmm. In terms of a percentage of income, gate receipts is absolutely pivotal for clubs and you're United's loss from not having the visit of Rangers, Celtic and Dundee will genuinely be a, a, a seven-figure margin. Mm-hmm. You know, that is no, no exaggeration. It will be comfortably a seven-figure mm-hmm. margin. So um, that's your... I think that is the the real disappointment. I know, for example, Mark Ogden was very much looking forward to having Dundee back in the league oh. to rely yeah, on that. And yeah. So for them to get relegated well, that, that, when that, Dundee That would come be mirrored by the, the Keys family as well. Yeah, and totally. Yeah. Totally. So for... And they got on and uh, as everyone knows... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, George, have you been to Tannery? Oh, I've got to remember. No, but... Rural Perthshire, but... Um, 
St. Johnson will be disappointed they don't no, have absolutely. United. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean, yeah. But Keyes and Ogden got, Sorry, on, got on well. Yeah. So yeah, they'll yeah, uh-huh. the, the fact that they're passing like ships in the night yeah. will be incredibly frustrating to both of them. Yeah. I, I go back I mean I go back to the I think Nelms might be a bit happier though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a, yeah. just a tad. But I, I was gonna say that about about the the value of the Derbies. I remember speaking to the late Eddie Thompson at the time that uh, the Dundee Livingston relegation, mm-hmm. the, the ex Coventry boy that it was claimed was an ineligible player yeah, for Livingston. I can't remember his I can't, name. I can't remember his I can see him too. I think he's Hassan Cashio. Well done, that. that's why you get awards. Cashio, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to get it in, in the second half as well, Alan, sorry. But I remember speaking to Eddie, and Eddie, Eddie put out a great case that he said, he said to me, whether or not Livingston have done wrong, they thought they were doing wrong. They mm. thought they were doing something to get around the rules. Yeah. He said, therefore, they have to be punished. And then he said at the end of the conversation, and by the way, if I thought they were innocent, I would still be voting against them. <laughs> because compare a Livingston game at Tannadice to a Dundee game yeah. at Tannadice. And that's, I mean, that's Pretty going back 15, 16 years. Yeah. It was hundreds of thousands of pounds then. Yeah. And, and and it's a huge... I mean, that, that, I must have that 300 thousand pound figure jumped out the page at yeah. me because I thought that's that's probably just one derby. Yeah. Also it's probably not going to be three hundred grand. Yes, I, 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 I wrote that and it's um uh, you know without getting too deep into the minutiae, it's probably it's three it's whichever is the lesser of three hundred grand or two point four percent of the total revenue of uh, sponsorship that comes into the league. And Going off last season's totals, that would be two hundred twenty thousand. So unless there's been a huge upturn in terms of uh, sponsorship coming into the league, that's then distributed to clubs, um, I wouldn't expect that to be near three hundred thousand. Yes, because we all know those sponsorship deals always (laughs) include a a clause saying, "And if you win the European Cup, (laughs) you'll get." And I don't expect a a, a Scottish winner of the Champions League next year. So I think you're probably looking at more in the region of maybe two hundred forty thousand, because there has been a wee upturn in sponsorship, but um, not to the point where. Um, two point four percent of it is likely to be above three hundred thousand. So, it's um, even if you know nobody wants to get relegated, but even if Dundee United got relegated through the playoffs, they would have got guaranteed five hundred grand as a parachute payment, and then mm-hmm. if they'd stayed down, guaranteed two hundred fifty grand. So it's um, that while again dropping the ocean stuff, still probably double what they're going to get for actually finishing bottom. So not only did they go down, but they went down in the kind of least profitable way uh, possible. Uh, it's maybe a, t- a topic for another day, but why are the punishments so severe? Relegation in itself is... Oh, excuse me while I knock over my water bottle. Um, relegation itself is a huge punishment for everybody connected with a club. I just... Well, they're not being punished. They're getting three hundred grand. Well, two hundred forty grand. The other way to look at it is why. I mean, I know why parachute payments exist, but if I was to be cynical, you would say, "Well, why do you get anything for being mm. relegated? Well, why did yeah. you get rewarded?" Like but now I'm old and I always like have sympathy for people. Oh, yeah. I actually them. think it's one of the rare occasions that I think Scottish football kind of gets it right that there's a parachute payment just to cushion the blow enough so that clubs aren't going into administration yeah. on the back of their premiership wage bills but 
we're not going quite as crazy as they do in England, which and it distorts the championship. Exactly, one hundred percent. The the parachute payment in England is a farce because you then get clubs coming down that can still afford to run EPL yeah. wage bills. So it totally skews competition in that league. Then everyone in that league tries to compete and drives themselves to financial yeah. carnage. Yeah. We don't, at least the clubs get a cushion up here, but not so much that um, 240 yeah. grand is going to dope the championship in the yeah. United's favour. Right. So. I, I would say that the championship shouldn't be the financial graveyard that, that it is. It needs more investment. It needs more money coming down from the top flight. But for that to happen, top flight clubs have to vote for it and have to yeah, vote to it, dilute their own money that yeah. they are actually taking in. That's an age-old See, this point. is what you get from age-old, upbeat, Dundee <laughs> fans. We've just been promoted. But, and you're like, we might be a year away from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you accept that. But, but I'll, I'll look at other clubs in the Championship as well, and it's going to be a terrific league next season. But, you know, clubs that have been starved of top-flight football for much more than Dundee, because Dundee have had their fair share of top-flight football, I've got yeah. to say. But they have been up and down quite a lot, but they have been up a, a fair bit of it. But there have been clubs that have been down, and you look at... The likes of Dunfermline, Wraith Rovers, Morton, Falkirk, all these clubs that have the capacity to, you know, get fans in through the gates when when they're doing well. Partick Thistle, get fans in, but absolutely starved financially over the years, and, and you can see that with the state of some of their some of their grounds. You know, they're, they're, I mean, Dens isn't the <laughs> in the picture of health, I've got to say, but you know, some some of these grounds are really so dated now. They're yeah. Victorian almost when you when you go to them and. Uh, that's purely because there is no money in the championship, mm. and that's a harsh reality for Dungeon United going forward. I'm really looking forward to the championship yeah, next I season. I think it'll be. Uh, it's very, very difficult to call. You would expect United to be favourite. It's just because, you know, not knowing who will stay, but the chances are they will have a, a squad full of talented players. But Wraith Rovers are doing some really good business mm -hmm. really early, and that really helps in terms of gelling and getting the, the squad. Uh, I mean, they'll get their goalkeeper in this week probably, and then they're two centre halves away from their squad being finished. And I think Dunfermline will do okay as well. Right, Dunfermline um, will be on a high. Mm -hmm. I think he's, James has managed to keep together the vast majority of his squad, um, and momentum can take you a long way. They were Dunfermline were a squad that never should have got relegated. Mm -hmm. So yeah. this notion that they're coming up with a League One squad. Is, well, they showed is, that last season. Yeah, yeah. it's foolish. It, what they're they're coming back up with a championship squad that should never have been in League One. So, it's uh, I reckon they'll be your dark horses in terms of um, being up towards the top end. Um, Queens Park will be an interesting watch to I, see. <coughs> yeah, Queens Park could go either way in terms of uh, how much backing they're getting yeah. on the pitch. Um, I think Partick Thistle. Yeah, Partick Thistle, I think I've got troubles. Yeah. yeah, you can kind of see that. And well, the uh, fan, the, yeah, the statement from their fans yeah, this week it and, shows there is big trouble there. And but, not to indulge in speculation, but Kyle Turner would be top of my list in terms of him building yeah. a Dundee United squad. I'm, I'm sure I would be surprised if a conversation's not been had, yeah. um, because uh, and I'm sure Kyle's probably speaking to quite a lot. Of it. I, I used to cover Dunfermline when, when Kyle was playing for Dunfermline. He was always a talented boy, always knew it as well. You know, plenty of self-belief, plenty of uh, confidence, but he's really, really realising that potential that um, I think everyone thought he did, and he certainly thought he did. <laughs> so that's, it's great to see. And um, I think he's another one that I would like to see him step up to the Premiership, but selfishly, 
<laughs> I would like love to see him at Anadice because having watched um, an ineffective Dundee United midfield for so long last season, I'd love to see a, a presence like him, a, yeah. a little aggressive buzz bomb of a player who can get forward and score goals. Um, playing for United set pieces as well he's strong at set pieces yeah, yeah. yeah. but I, I, as I say it will be a very very long list that Jim's working from that's, <laughs> and that's just me sort of spit, spitballing you know great stuff guys we're filled an hour that's enough <laughs> how did that happen if you like the podcast we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts all that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tele Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, or go to thetele.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door.